Before the episode begins, I'd like to tell you about the Science for Care podcast. Science for Care is an audio series produced by HealthTech for Care, an endowment fund committed to support and promote access to care for all patients. Each episode takes a concise look at some of the major advances in medicine, mRNA vaccines, antibiotics, gene therapy, the metaverse, and many more. The production is meticulous, the narration captivating, and the guests are true leaders in their respective fields. If you listen to Impulse, then you'll be for sure interested, so don't wait any longer and go listen to the first two seasons of Science for Care. Textiles in general have, have been, I think, are worn by everyone in the world, uh, basically. However, it's, if you think about it, it's one of the few objects in the daily life that hasn't been, uh, let's say, uh, affected by information technology. If you think about it, um, we have four vital signs. We have the breathing, we have the, basically the heart activity, the blood pressure and uh, the temperature. This is what doctors look into, the, the, the four vital signs uh, that we have. And breathing of those four is the only one that you can consciously control. Uh, we have gamified the whole concept around those breathing practices. The, the idea would be that you become your own expert over time, yeah. uh, possibly your own doctor. You, you understand what is happening, you can measure it and you can prevent yourself from, from developing those illnesses related to the heart, to the lungs and, and, and whatever uh, stress uh, issue can also develop over time. Yeah. Welcome to Impulse, the podcast where you will meet the person shaping the current medical advancements and pushing the boundaries of what is currently achievable in healthcare. Be they researchers, doctors, engineers, or entrepreneurs, we will explore through in-depth conversations their field of expertise, as well as the journey that took them where they are now. All right. So, hello, Vincent. Welcome hello, to Impulse. I'm really grateful to be here with you for this new episode of the series and having the chance to discover NanoLake from, from the inside here in Zurich which is the company that you're leading since its foundation in 2017, if I'm correct. I believe we'll talk about a bunch of topics that we haven't covered in any previous episode, um, such as connected clothing, biofeedback, stretchable electronics. And I look very much forward to learning about how all of those tie into the healthcare space and, um, and what the respective medi medical applications are. We'll also probably discuss the field of remote patient monitoring. That's something that we actually covered from a different angle um, with Esmeralda Megali from Exensio that you might know in episode 11. And um, I'd be curious to hear about your activities in that space as well. So thanks again for having me. And um, before we jump into all of those topics, would you like to present yourself? Yeah, thanks a lot for coming over at Nanolek. Uh, very happy to to have you here and also to to have you interested in in those different topics uh more than happy to talk about it maybe just a few words about myself so yes indeed i founded the company in may 2017 five and a half years ago basically uh so i'm vincent i'm french moved to zurich about 10 years ago i uh, came here to do my phd in the field of biomedical engineering Mm -hmm. So basically applying technology to humans and understanding basically the, the relation uh, between those two because I found this topic really fascinating. Um, so I come from an engineering background yeah. uh, with, uh, let's say, speciality in uh, material science. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, 
it was for me very interesting to dig a bit further into this uh, area, basically. So during my PhD, I was uh, working among other topics um, on stretchable electronics, mm -hmm. stretchable electronics for implants, uh, implants for paralyzed animals, people, mm -hmm. a relatively big project between EPFL and ETH, actually. Yeah. Uh, that you may have heard of. Uh, yeah, is possibly. that, the, is that the, does that have a link with what Pro Professor Courtin is doing? Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. uh, Courtin and Stephanie Lacour as yeah. well. So, we, so there were a lot of relations between our research lab at ETH. Mm -hmm. um, so that was one of the topics. I was specialized in macrofabrication. So yeah. uh, uh, basically making this kind of uh, small implants array of electrodes and also other devices at the time uh, really cool yeah mm -hmm. and uh, so you said that you founded nano lake right after finishing your your phd um, and you made that transition from the academic world to entrepreneurship could you share with us a bit about how that came about and why you decided to to take that leap yeah definitely so it was actually not decided i was not into entrepreneurship uh i was uh not so much aware of all the, the possibilities here uh, in terms of funding and making your own startup. Um, so what happened is that after the PhD, I had an idea with one of the co-founders of Nanolec to make cables and breakable. Uh, so maybe if you if you remember, I, I mean, it was a long time ago, right? Uh, basically, um, it's it's quite different from the current activities of Nanolec. But this is how we started. Now, if you if you remember, if you are, I'm, I'm sure you are listening to a lot of music. And at the time, we only had wire headphones, those expensive headphones, you know. Yeah, yeah. And Even the, the small first, ones. Yes, exactly. Uh, from Sennheiser, Bose, and 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 basically the first thing that was always breaking was the cable. Yeah. And that was happening next to the strain relief, you know, like where you actually bend the most the cable. Yeah. yeah. And what is happening is that the wire. The, the electrical wire is breaking uh, in in first, uh, <laughs> basically, <laughs> and um, it's also happening for charging cables. Uh, obviously, uh, yeah. this is uh, a very common to to many people. And at the time, we found a way uh, to embed stretchable electronics, so this kind of electronics you can stretch that are flexible, yeah, uh, to prolong the the lifetime of those cables and the bending under. Movement essentially, Under right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was the the first idea, uh, and we basically filed a patent at ETH, and I was wondering what could be the funding opportunities. So I looked uh, at ETH, uh, um, Polytechnic University of Zurich. Also looked um, with uh, at the time it was called CTI from the Swiss state. What could be the possibility mm -hmm. of funding? Yeah. I also went to basically uh, uh, take a job. So I, I had a couple of interviews. I was offered two jobs, actually. Okay. And uh, I was lucky enough to have basically the, the let's say, the recruiters uh, waiting uh, for me. So I, I told them, basically, you know, I have this idea of maybe making my own company. Um, I'm going to write proposals to get funding. But if I don't get it, then, you know, yeah, I, I would like yes. to, to join mm -hmm. and... So that that was for me the the way to solve the problem because I was a little bit hesitant whether mm -hmm. I would actually like to to make my own company. Uh, I was thinking, well, if I get funding from ETH or the Swiss state because I I wrote uh, two proposals basically uh, to get funding, 
then I will uh, try it. And if not, well, I have also some uh, uh, basically secure jobs because the recruiters were actually waiting for my feedback. Yeah, so, yeah, so you were in a good and comfortable position. Yeah, in exactly. But you, and, and so it really came from yourself. You didn't have like, you know, a push from, for example, your, your thesis supervisor who encouraged you in that path. It was more... Yeah, no, I think everyone pretty much said you should not do that. Okay. Uh, family, professor from ETH, whoever, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also not that I was, I think, uh, seeing entrepreneurship as something, you know, very sexy, very attractive, like many people do right now. Yeah, like uh, it on is the now, startup yeah. scene. Mm -hmm. So I was quite neutral, basically, on that. Yeah. Uh, and it was more about um, trying it myself like discovering and maybe learning throughout this experience mm -hmm. um, and what happened is that basically i received i obtained the funding uh, for those two proposals mm -hmm. uh, from eth it was called the eth pioneer fellowship pioneer uh, fellowship okay pioneer fellowship basically supports about 10 people every year mm -hmm. uh It's quite competitive and, and basically it supports about 10 entrepreneurs, new projects uh, originating from ETH, uh, which have ETH innovation behind, so patents uh, also that belong to ETH, right? And uh, and the Swiss state also had similar requirements and actually the, the two of them accepted, which uh, basically granted us a total of 300,000 Swiss francs yeah. uh, at the get-go. So yeah. it was actually a, a really good way to, to start. Mm -hmm. So... Um, So we were basically uh, starting with this. Um, I asked one of my basically colleagues at the time from ETH to join me, mm -hmm. uh, Luca, uh, my first co-founder, basically. And he said yes. So we were two and we, that's how we started, basically. That really, really cool. And you, you mentioned a bit, so what I understand is that your work doing your PhD on these stretchable electronics is at the core of Nanolake. Can you explain, can you elaborate a bit about how this was made possible and how that that sort of stretchable electronics work? Yeah, yeah, sure. So stretchable electronics, uh, those are composite materials. Uh, essentially, you have one part that is, uh, let's say, bringing the, the mechanical properties. Uh, mm -hmm. In this case, it was a silicon material because yeah. it's, it's like an elastic band, basically. Mm -hmm. And then you have one part that is bringing the electrical properties. Yeah. Um, you typically use um, metallic microparticles or nanoparticles or tubes or whatever, mm -hmm. basically micro objects that are conductive, that are embedded in this matrix um, that you can stretch and that will conduct the current uh, under, mm -hmm. under stretch, basically. And um, yeah, so initially it was for this idea of uh, making cables longer uh, or, or let's say more durable, um, And uh, while talking to the industry, we realized that basically the cable industry, which was essentially the, the type of customers uh, and, yeah. and companies we were dealing with at the time, was very slow. Uh, mm -hmm. Cable companies roughly in the Western part of Europe, they roughly invest about 1% of their turnover yeah. uh, into R&D, which means innovation is incremental. Yeah, yeah, very limited, and like very slow. Yeah. solving the very immediate problems that they have, but not thinking long terms how you can possibly make uh, cables very different. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. So essentially, we realized well, it's going to take a long time, and uh, past the surprise of entrepreneurship, you know, you pitch, you win some contests. We we got really 
quite lucky at the beginning. We, we got um, a few prizes at, uh, for example, the Start Summit at St. Gallen, mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. also uh, other prizes like Venture Kick, Venture, uh, and all of these um, prizes that you have in the startup seed in Switzerland. And past this first surprise, you know, to discover what is entrepreneurship, we also wanted to, to work hard for something that really motivates us for the long term. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't the case with yeah, this with type of technology and product we wanted to bring to the market. And at the time, we were actually approached a lot by com uh, companies, smart textile companies, mm -hmm. that wanted to integrate electronics. So smart textile is essentially a textile that is integrating electronics to interact with the body. Yep. It can be to monitor the, the health, mm -hmm. it can be to stimulate, yep. um, it can be for, for different use cases. We can discuss this a little bit later. Um, but they want to integrate electronics into the textiles. <laughs> and this comes with challenges, right? Uh, electronics is one, one industry, textiles in another industry, mm -hmm. and they wanted cables that survive to mechanical wear, uh, stretch, corrosion, yeah. because of sweat, because of washing. Um, and this is how we actually uh, pivoted to smart textiles because we realized that our technology, although it required some adaptation, could really fit this kind of sturdy applications basically that required the garments to be really stretched, washed. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Because initially this, this kind of materials were developed for implants. So implants, that means inside the body of small animals, which means very corrosive environment. Then we also had to, to face a lot of mechanical wear stretch. So this was actually mm -hmm. the perfect fit for us. And we commercialized our first product, the stretchable cables for this kind of companies in the smart textile environment. And as a, basically as a second product, we developed uh, electrodes because most of these applications were related to monitoring. Yeah. And you want to <laughs> basically collect currents from the heart, from the muscles, from the brain. And this is happening through an electrode, uh, mm -hmm. typically, right? So I think everyone knows uh, of an electrocardiogram in a hospital. You typically need those gel electrodes. Yeah. But in our case, we needed those electrodes you can re reuse, basically, and that you can wash as well. Exactly. Uh, and that have a like, sufficient degree of contact with the yes. skin without any hydration. Like exactly, that. exactly. So... What you see, for example, with uh, chest straps on the market uh, yeah. from Polar, Garmin, they monitor the ECG, right? Yeah. They, they use basically a belt to provide sufficient compression. Uh, those electrodes need to be wetted uh, as well, which limits kind of the, the use case, the usability of, of the electrodes. Yeah, so they... they I mean, people need to do sports and sweat. Exactly, make them exactly, work. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, when you have um, electrodes for stimulation, yeah. uh, for example, we have a lot of gyms in Zurich and elsewhere that, that are using more and more of those EMS suits, they call it, yeah. for electrical yeah. muscle stimulation. You need to wet entirely the electrodes, otherwise mm -hmm. it feels like um, like a burning yeah, sensation. Mm -hmm. um, and, and with our electrodes, you don't have any of this. So mm -hmm. you have this kind of, we have sticky electrodes that basically keep the stickiness even after washing a mm -hmm. hundred times and beyond, basically. Yeah. Um, and this is very valuable for all of those smart Excel applications that are essentially looking at monitoring or stimulation. So 
For those companies, we are the key enabler, sort of the Gore-Tex in smart textiles, yeah. uh, basically mm -hmm. making the difference and, and uh, helping them to get garments that are really washable, uh, easy to wear, comfortable because mm -hmm. of, uh, for example, the, the dry electrodes, but also we have very thin cables, so you don't feel the, those smart components inside the garment. Yeah. And also very easy to integrate for textile manufacturers because textile manufacturers face different reality. They, they just need to rely on their standard processes mm -hmm. and everything we developed, our stretchable wires and our dry electrodes, they can be actually integrated via lamination, which is hot pressing, yeah. like an <laughs> iron basically at big scale. Exactly, uh, so pressure and heat and then... Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then you can just permanently uh, get the, the smart components on the surface of embedded. the Embedded, yeah. okay. Yeah, which is actually, I mean, just thinking about that, like it's, it's practical because it's not embedded into the, the garment from the start, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Which is also um, very interesting when you work with uh, textile brands and mm -hmm. companies because mm -hmm. they can sort of post-integrate your technology. Exactly, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not knitted within the fabric. Yeah. All the, there were a lot of, the, f the first innovation in smart textiles were actually knitted in the fabric. You had like this kind of metal coated fibers, textile fibers yeah. coated with metal, but the, the metal would actually come off uh, yeah, because of abrasion, wear. Um, so this was actually not good enough in terms of um, yeah, mm -hmm. long-term durability, basically. And so after making that pivot towards, you know, enabling the creation of smart uh, clothing, I believe you you open up like a range of, you know, applications be between, you know, workwear for like in certain circumstances, for example, I imagine people working on the maintenance of high power um, voltage lines, uh, where you want to check that everything is fine. You have uh, applications in sports, I believe, where you can, you know, kind of like increase the performance of the athletes, but also like the recovery phase. And there's also obviously the medical applications that you can do by remotoring certain cardiac parameters, as we mentioned, that's very relevant um, in, in many conditions. Um, was there like a focus on some of those or were you covering all of them at the same time? Yeah, so as you say, um, what is very interesting is to see that there are many applications mm -hmm. that uh, are coming from different markets uh, with different needs. But what is very interesting for us is that um, we, we always provide the, sm the same smart components. Yeah. And the markets we are dealing with are basically, as you said, workwear, mm -hmm. medtech, sportswear right now and we have different applications you cited a few examples so one in workwear is indeed uh, so it's a one it's, it's a very interesting customer basically that has a lot of experience with uh, supplying electrical equipment for highly specialized electricians in power plants yeah <laughs> and those electricians sometimes may touch uh, uh, machines that mm -hmm. are not properly grounded to earth yeah and um, they may have electrical shocks and accidents. And what the shirt does is, uh, first it's also monitoring that there are no accidents, and when there are accidents, actually it, um, it basically contacts the, let's say the central of, yeah, of security, so yeah, security. basically mm -hmm. uh, brings people on site. But right now, what the product is uh, is doing, uh, we, are, we are working on a field study with, with this customer for that is um, the use case is very interesting. Um, basically, the, the shirt would prevent even the electrical accident. And the way it does that is that the, 
the skin uh, in case of an electrical accident is like a fuse. So you have a uh, uh, humidity uh, water layer and and uh, lipid layer on the surface of your skin. Yeah. And this is burning off during the first hundred milliseconds or so. Mm-hmm. However, during this time, the the shirt is already picking up that there is an electrical leak, current yeah. leak yeah. going through the body. And this uh, shirt is an I- IoT device basically, and it would connect to the machines to be basically shut down on time before there is an actual ah, okay. accident. Yeah. Uh, so it's a okay, very, very powerful cool. yeah. uh, use case. And the customer is, is dealing with a lot of um, electricians working in power plants, mm-hmm. high voltage mm-hmm. environment. So that's that's a very interesting use case uh, with very specific needs. Mm-hmm. In, um, in medical applications, we have one of our customers that is doing electrical stimulation for people with mild paralysis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like Parkinson or brain spasticity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there you have actually more electrodes to activate motor points, uh, basically of nerves. Uh, that are then activating the muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, we have also um, some com- customers in sportswear that are basically monitoring ECG or the heart rate of footballers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. very different uh, uh, use cases. And in all of these applications, we produce. So we, we we did more than developing the technology. We produce ourselves. We have a small production with uh, three production units downstairs actually mm-hmm. and uh, we we produce right now about 5,000 pieces a week of those stretchable wires and electrodes to those different companies mm-hmm. and right now we also push uh, for like an ingredient brand as well to get more visibility mm-hmm. that is called Bodyguard uh, and this is the the common denominator of all of these applications um, and, and has our products inside basically. Oh, really, really cool. I think um one of the applications I would like to focus on is really related to health. And I, I, I wanted to get your view on, yeah, what's your vision uh, or what is the vision from Nano Lake in terms of connected health and the evolution that you foresee in the near future in that sense? Like, do you think that we will all be wearing smart clothes at some point in addition to the wearables that um, lots of us are already equipped with and which already provide a lot of information about our vitals and our health status? Yeah, I, I would love to answer this question. This is a very interesting one. Can we get to talk about OXA first so that sure, I also explain yeah. you why um, that could be a possible sure. uh, use case in the long term uh, for so, about those smart garments? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, to maybe answer on a more general level, I, I think uh, smart textiles are happening. They are developing right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. It started about 15 years ago, but there were a lot of technological challenges. Uh, I mentioned lack of durability, complex- complexity in terms of integration for textile manufacturers. Mm-hmm. This is now solved uh, for... Uh, so for many uh, products now, we will get to see them in the market basically next year. In the in the coming years, uh, we see more and more mainstream companies really bringing this kind of smart yeah. textiles to the market. Um, so th- this is very interesting, and the benefits are basically to uh, for everyone to get more information about their health, the impact of their life on their health, mm-hmm. um, on a more accurate level so if you if you think of uh, smart garments versus smart watches which mm-hmm. was the first big generation of wearables yeah um, smart watches are typically limited to the to the heart rate to the to, to basically monitoring the pulse yeah um, 
And it is information that is averaged over minutes. Uh, yeah. This is what so people sometimes not, say. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not reactive. When I, I go running, I, I don't see my, the increase. That's also why like some uh, more like top athletes or, or people uh, are more into sports were wearing this kind of chest straps to yeah. get more precise information. Um, but what is interesting with smart textiles is that First of all, they, they sit very close to the vital organs, mm -hmm. like the heart, the lungs. Yeah. Uh, um, so you get very accurate inform information. Mm -hmm. It's, it's mm -hmm. really coming at the source. Um, and uh, the, the other aspect uh, to this uh, is basically the, the fact it's, it's a good form factor. Um, it's integrated in daily life. I mean, smart tech, um, textiles in general have, have been... I think are worn by everyone in the world, uh, basically. However, it's if you think about it, it's one of the few objects in the daily life that hasn't been, uh, let's say, uh, affected by information technology. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, so yes, there has been a lot of innovation into materials, um, but but not so much into bringing some communication information technology to it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and there is a big um, potential because you have a lot of contact area with the skin, which means in terms of monitoring, stimulation, uh, detecting a danger, uh, um, that can also come with a lot of benefits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really cool. And um, go maybe going back to, to, to OXA, which you, which you um, mentioned, I understand that at the beginning, so NanoLake was considered or the scope was, you know, really on the hardware where you were provide, I mean, did, producing these um, these stretchable electronics and providing them to uh, different companies um, that were producing you know normal clothing and making them smart in that way and now it seems like with the introduction of that this new product line that you're um, and I will put the link in the description to the Kickstarter mm, cool, campaign thanks. that you guys that you guys are running um I wanted to understand whether now you're like moving towards a more like a B2C approach where you would um, provide you know the the clothing piece yourselves and uh, provide that directly to consumers instead of like to other companies. Um, and yeah, I wanted to understand because this is also really, um, so OXA is very much oriented towards, you know, um, kind of like wellness and, um, and there's also like a lot about mental health and there's a lot of things to dig in there. So I wanted to, to, to understand a bit more. Yeah. What's, First, like the transition between whether there is a transition between B two B from B two B to B two C, and then what 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 does it change compared to what you were doing before? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, this came from let's say a long uh, thinking between founders first uh, mm -hmm. um, some years ago. Do we want to stay a technology supplier essentially, yeah. or do we want to offer a full product, a full brand to mm -hmm. the market? Um, including B2C market, B2B mm -hmm. and B2C. And uh, as founders, we wanted to also have a larger impact than just providing just providing a technology because technology at the end of the day can be outperformed. Um, it's a matter of time. Uh, you, yeah, you can always find other solutions to engineer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we wanted to build a product that is also bringing more value than just a technological benefit. Yeah. Um, so we we identified an area that was very interesting. Uh, um, that was around breathing. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and this is what Oxa is about, basically. Uh, we 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 breathe all all the time, obviously, um, but we we don't breathe 
correctly. Uh, and I learned that when I was, during the COVID time, actually, I was uh, joining one of those uh, breastwork, so-called breastwork seminars. Mm -hmm. for, for what reason? Was it by, out of curiosity or? No, actually, I was, uh, I was a little bit stressed, but I was also curious. Uh, so, so both uh, aspects. And um, yeah. I saw that uh, this thing was actually rising. Um, I think it has been uh, popularized, popularized very well by Wim Hof. I think some people know Wim yeah. Hof, the Iceman. <laughs> yeah. There is a Netflix documentary about him, uh, so it actually gets more and more popular. And Wim Hof doesn't only do this this kind of um, swimming in cold water, yeah. but he also teaches uh, uh, one breathing technique that is based on hyperventilation. So yeah. you, you inhale, exhale very fast, basically. Uh, and when you do that, uh, you trigger a state of relaxation. So you actually activate your parasympathetic activity. Yeah. Uh, there are two ways, um, let's say two act main activities in the, as part of the autonomic nervous system. So our mind brain, essentially, uh, you have the, the, basically the sympathetic activity, which is our fight or flight mechanism, right? Mm -hmm. You, you mm -hmm. are stressed, you have a deadline, you have a plane to catch, whatever. You mm -hmm. are just focused on this one goal. Um, your heart rate is racing yeah. and you just do yeah. it. Uh, or the parasympathetic activity, which is typically activated when you fall asleep. Uh, you yeah. are actually much calmer, etc. And this exercise uh, helps you to trigger this uh, parasympathetic activity of your nervous system. And he did a really good job in vulgarizing uh, and bringing this to, to, to the people, even though, let's say, I, I think there is not so much uh, um, science that is discussed uh, about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, nevertheless, it was really brought up to the, to the people. But there are different techniques. There are other techniques than that. Um, and, I mean, meditation is also another way to activate uh, your... Which is also based on breathing, I mean, focusing on breathing. Exactly. So there are many different breathing practices Uh, basically that gets you to uh, a more relaxed state or more focused state mm -hmm. or, or getting more energy. Um, but if you think about it, um, we have four vital signs. We have the breathing, we have the basically the heart activity, mm -hmm. the blood pressure, and uh, the temperature. This is what doctors look into, the, yeah. the, the four vital signs uh, that we have. And breathing of those four is the only one that you, you can, can consciously control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, you cannot consciously control, alter your heart rate. Yeah. But you can do it via your breathing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that is actually very interesting, uh, uh, if you, especially if you start to understand how you want to breathe. Um, and so we started to look into this and, and see that, yes, breathing has a big impact on the health. Uh, first, by monitoring it with watches, you know, like, okay, how does this impact your heart rate, etc. And I saw that this was actually, uh, I mean, smart watches were quite limited to understand the, the effect of it. Mm -hmm. So with OXA, we, I mean, initially, as we were more tech company, uh, we, we knew and we had basically sensors to monitor the breathing that we developed uh, at the time as a supplier, the heart activity and the temperature. Yeah. And then we realized that, okay, there is an area where you can basically link how the, the breathing is affecting your heart activity. Mm -hmm. uh, and not just the pulse, but also something that is more related to, let's say, the load of your heart, uh, also known as the heart rate variability. People yeah. talk more and more about that. Mm -hmm. um, and the good thing is that with such a garment, you can measure it live. 
yeah. in the moment, yeah. in the last bit, basically, you can know what is the heart rate viability, what is your stress, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, and so we started to link, basically, not only uh, just uh, breathing monitoring, but also teach you how to breathe to for you to get more relaxed, get better sleep, etc. Um, so the, the product OXA, goes beyond monitoring. It really teaches you new habits to get mm -hmm. more relaxed, uh, uh, get better sleep. In the future, we will also monitor sleep to really show the link, the very strong correlation between the, the breathing and also the sleep recovery. Mm -hmm. uh, how, mm -hmm. how well do you do you sleep? Uh, how many interruptions? Um, you know, everyone or some people know about sleep apnea, mm -hmm. um, but sleep apnea is, so it, maybe to introduce it first is this, interruptions of breathing you may yeah. actually uh, see or have uh, at night um, but there are lighter versions of, of sleep apnea <laughs> and those can be inter small interruptions of breathing uh, basically and uh, a lot is actually correlated to breathing how well you recover basically and this is also how we teach with uh, what we teach with OXA and what breathing exercise practices uh, will help you to get better sleep overnight. So we will make this link over time. Uh, we don't monitor yet the sleep, but the product really teaches you how to breathe better, correctly, uh, to get uh, more relaxed, uh, fall asleep very quickly as well. And uh, we have gamified the whole concept around those breathing practices. You know, you have a game to devote, discover those breathing techniques. Yeah. You have objectives. As you uh, basically unlock uh, new techniques, you, you, you unlock new exercises. And uh, we also uh, have musics and uh, visuals that are triggered when you get more relaxed. Yeah, so, so it's like a whole experience. And yeah. Uh, uh, what interests me there as well is that you came from the, the hardware part and now I mean, all this um, understanding of how the how the breathing works and uh, how you create an engaging experience um, through an app, I suppose. Like, how did you get that knowledge, or like, did you have to employ new people? Did you have to set up like a whole new team? Because that's not I understand. It's not like capabilities that you had within the company before. Absolutely. I mean, we were a traditional, let's say, if, if they can be a traditional startup, but we are more, <laughs> let's say, of the common tech startup uh, built by engineers yeah. coming from ETH. And now we were looking into a product that has to be addictive, let's say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so completely um, different uh, mix of people uh, that you need to get into the company. Um, but what was also important is that the motivation was coming from the founders first. If you don't have this intrinsic motivation from the founders, if it's pushed by external factors, it won't be real, right? It yeah, yeah, be yeah. Also mm -hmm. in the DNA of the company. So this we 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 had it from the beginning with Serge and the other founders. So we we pushed that actually. Uh, we found the investors that were also aligned with this vision, which mm -hmm. is very important. Yeah. Um, and after this, we hired basically the, the, the right people. So we had the, the chance to, to find investors that also believed in us. We raised a Series A of about 13 million earlier this year. Yeah. And uh, that also helped us to basically gather forces to hire uh, basically in this direction. So now we are about 42 people, mm -hmm. 35 in Zurich, 7 in Berlin. Seven we opened a new branch in, in Berlin where we have marketing software development okay. uh, in mm -hmm. Berlin, which is more the... It's a different uh, DNA than Zurich. In Zurich, you, you typically don't find or you, you have less of those consumer 
uh, vibe uh, uh, <laughs> products and companies typically. So this is uh, more the, the the part in Berlin. But yes, we we had to to hire to find those people. Uh, I think every venture is different, so it's not also that you have a book that tells you how to to do it. Mm -hmm. But we we got this experience from mentors, investors first, and then uh, in the team. Oh, really cool. And I assume you also to, and I think I saw that in the when I was preparing the episode, I was going through the Kickstarter page that you work with some of these. Um, I'm not going to say, or maybe I'm going to say it, uh, like gurus, but like, you know, people who are, who master, like, you know, you mentioned Wim of these yeah. breathing techniques yeah. uh, that you can implement them into like yeah. a digital solution. So exactly. These, these, you employed also such such people or you consulted with some of yeah, them? Yeah, we, we consult them. We worked a lot with uh, many of them. So the product, uh, we started the development of the product two years ago. Yeah. We first had to make sure the technology was right. We are Swiss company, so we, we, you know, before we market and advertise, we make sure that technology is right. And it was developed with many hospitals in Switzerland, in Geneva first, uh, in Basel, in Zurich, to make sure that the quality of the signals was right. Um, when we had that, when we could see that we could monitor the electrocardiogram with high accuracy, the breathing depths perfectly well with very high reactivity, we were able to start building exercises that were reactive. Uh, engaging. And then in terms of content, uh, we, we consulted those different people. Um, so right now, for example, we just officialized our partnership with Dan Brule. Dan Brule, he's an American uh, breastwork pioneer mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and he is actually really known in the area. There will be many more to come, uh, obviously, but we are federating a community around, let's say, breastwork specialists. Yeah. Uh, meditation specialist, guru, uh, as you mentioned, <laughs> and a pulmonologist as well. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. and at the end, uh, the, the let's say what um, this is a, an area that we are pioneering. It's it's not that um, it's perfectly understood and measured so far mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. technologies were lacking. Uh, you could use uh, an electrocardiogram and also another device to measure uh, basically how to, to breathe, but also to link this with how you feel during the day. It was very complicated, right? You had all sorts of sensors uh, which were complicated to link uh, and match together. So now we see, for example, that if you do what we call power breathing exercise, which is hyperventilation, you can increase your heart rate variability, in my case, from 50 milliseconds to 90 overnight as an average. Yeah. So from 50 mm -hmm. to 90, almost doubling basically my uh, relaxation level uh, to yeah. simplify mm -hmm. really, uh, to put it in rough terms. Um, so you, you can see it has actually a big influence. And, and this is for us the way to validate whether this works or not for you. First of all, it's per personal. Health is a personal thing. And we give only recommendations based on your uh, own average. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. basically, you, you get to see what is working uh, as a differential activity if you compare yourself to the last five days uh, yeah. or so, basically. Um, and it's not that we tell you this technique is just good, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah. really a matter of uh, how, uh, for example, hyperventilation uh, can be a little bit stressful for people who have panic attacks mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of reproducing the same the uh, breathing pattern, yeah. mm -hmm. um, but it can be very good for people who are more um, lethargic, basically, or, or slow or, yeah, yeah. or very relaxed, basically. So 
it's not that every technique works for everyone, but you get to see that with the, with the product, with the health metrics, what is actually working or not. No, I think it's it's quite powerful because I mean myself, I've also used like some of the meditation apps, like you know Headspace or in French there's Petit Bamboo. Um, but the thing is, like you know, you're guided through these meditation programs, and you have like the app has no clue whether you're breathing in the correct way or you know whether your body's reacting in the way it should. Um, so I think it makes it you know very actionable, and you can have actual like direct feedback from from your own body. So I think it it makes these approaches that are already very validated in terms of you no know, evidence for your wellness that yeah i think it's very powerful yeah it so it helps you to validate what is working for for you uh, mm -hmm. first of all yeah um that's very important you also get to discover different techniques uh, yeah. for example i find meditation too slow for for myself yeah i, I find uh, find it a bit boring mm -hmm. so i i don't get to to practice regularly but i know that some other breathing techniques work very well for me yeah uh, because i'm much more active and i need that so uh, you are exposed to those different techniques and we have different mechanisms to gamify the exercises based on the goal. Mm -hmm. For example, if I take an example of a meditation exercise, uh, we um, typically trigger music, piano notes when you exceed a certain relaxation uh, level. Mm -hmm. So you, you also get the, the sound feedback that you are getting there. And that, that's very interesting because this, there is this kind of uh, resonance phenomenon so mm -hmm, it, it mm -hmm. amplifies uh, when you you get to here you are more relaxed it's a little bit like the placebo effect you believe it you know? yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it it for you it's a way also to to kind of maximize this effect for some of the techniques uh, such as for example uh, holding your breath that that can also calm you down uh, we can record it we you don't need to do anything. You don't need to say, um, basically, I'm stopping, uh, starting to hold my breath. I mean, we just record it, uh, basically. And you can compare how you perform over time. So you mm -hmm. you get this track directly. Um, also, all the instructions are gamified uh, within visuals and music. So you, you're also more engaged. Because the prime also of meditation is that you typically lose interest. You typically do it when it's it's not going too well. Yeah, and you uh, don't maintain the practice. Exactly, you yeah. don't maintain the practice and because of this, the stress level goes too high. Yeah. But if you maintain this practice, if you find it fun, essentially, you need to have fun. Mm -hmm. If you have fun, then you, you also keep doing that on a more regular basis. And this is the, the whole concept of gamification that we have with the product. And um, I understand that the solution that you're providing is like, you know, the full set of solution. Do you also intend to make, you know, the... Um, the connected t-shirt and the connected product that you guys are making available and you know um com like compatible with other apps that could be used to benefit from the sensors that these garments are embedded with yeah so um if you look at the electronics it has a bluetooth connectivity mm -hmm. uh, bluetooth was built as an ecosystem right yeah so that means um you can basically look at different signals um, and those are called services mm -hmm. within the Bluetooth architecture. And um, for example, if I open my Strava app, uh, I will be able to directly read out the, the heart rate or the, the heart uh, rate profile mm -hmm. of my device. And this is interface with another app or with your Peloton bike or whatever, basically. Mm -hmm. So and this is because we, we coded the different signals um, as per the Bluetooth environment, but breathing is new. Uh, breathing yeah. is new. There are many other s signals that are completely new, and and those are basically just 
uh, our own signals, but yes, it will be possible to interface it uh, with other apps in the future. We are also looking into other partnerships uh, to, to bring more synergies with everything related to meditation. Um, the, the focus of OXA is really uh, in uh, the, the well-being, feel-good mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. type of applications. We believe also that mental health is becoming a huge topic. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the, also the, the focus with, with OXA. We, we talk also about ma mastering your mental states, uh, basically. So we started with relaxation and sleep. Those are the, the two uh, clear uh, um, approaches right now, but you can also influence your focus. Uh, mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in the US, it's, it has become already a big thing to yeah. trigger your flow state, you know? Uh, you can trigger your flow state if you do some upregulation breathing exercises. That means you do longer inhales than exhales. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the contrary to relax. You do longer exhales than inhales. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so basically by having longer inhales, when you inhale, essentially your heart rate increases. When mm -hmm. you exhale, it decreases. This is also what the doctor is uh, listening to with the stethoscope. Yeah. Um, so if you basically do longer inhales, you will bring your heart rate to a higher level. Mm -hmm, and if mm -hmm. you do that, you're a little bit more tense, a bit more under focus, basically. Yeah. And um, there is a little bit of research in this direction, but it's still very new. It's, yeah. it's very, very fascinating how much you can influence through, through your breathing, basically. So um, there are also... Uh, mental states like yeah uh, uh, focus energy as well how do you get more energy in, uh, in the morning for example um, how do you also maybe trigger or, or heal from very acute stress like a panic attack mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or, or PTSD you know uh, yeah uh, post-traumatic stress disorder exactly mm -hmm. so how can you address such uh, use cases and you can actually do a lot uh, with breathing it's often used as a complementary therapy. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is, in Eastern medicine, for example, it was always a thing. Uh, for yoga, meditation, breathing was at the core of everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you take out all of the spiritual aspects of yeah, it, yeah. Uh, breathing was essentially what you had to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is what we are doing now, connecting breathing and different practices to science uh, with this data, basically. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And I understand that the idea would be to to wear the you know the, the the garments that you guys are making like on a continuous basis like it's not something you would put on just to do the exercise and then once you're done remove um so and hence the idea to get close to like you know a format that is very you know kind of like comfortable that things that you could wear every day that wouldn't look like you know a strange piece of garment is that really the idea because you also mentioned that this would be used to monitor um, you know, sleep and which means you need to keep that for a long period of time. Yeah. With the idea to, so the idea would really be to have that t-shirt or that bra like all day and then. Not all the time. So first, uh, and the, the, the first garment we developed for, for men and women basically is this kind of micromodal type of fabric. Micromodal yeah. is used already in pajamas or loungewear type of garment. Yeah. So, so it's this not is like what something... you can wear at home basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this is really the use case for, for the first version of OXA. Uh, this style of garment really mm -hmm. allows you to wear OXA in the evening. You, you go back from work or you are doing home office. 
Um, so in the evening, you do your breathing exercise. You can fall asleep directly with it. So we have exercises for you to fall asleep, uh, basically. Yeah. And uh, and they work pretty well. Uh, <laughs> so we even tested it in the office. Uh, actually, and some people fell asleep yeah, during work. So, so good to... to, to <laughs> but but um, so you can really trigger this, this kind of states uh, uh, depending on the way you breathe. And yes, also the night. Um, because that's also the, the the primary use of this fabric, and possibly in the morning, and then you change in the during the day. I mean, we have some users that already are wearing this uh, uh, throughout the day because they are typically stressed and they want to have a break over lunch mm -hmm. or during the mm -hmm. day, and they want to also wear it. But over time, we'll come with more and more styles of garments. Basically, yeah, uh, we will also have ways to also tell you you are now exceeding a certain level of stress. Yeah, you want to take a break and and actually breathe. Yeah, and for that you need. I mean, so the idea would really be to move towards pieces of garment that you could do like as that, that you could wear as everyday clothes. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Right now, this is the first style, but yeah. we will actually yeah. have different styles of garments to multiply the the use cases. Yeah, oh, that's that's really cool. I'm I'm conscious of time, and there 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 would be a lot of other topics that I would like to touch on uh, with you and we've we've covered a lot already um but so moving maybe like moving s slowly towards the the end of the episode um there's a bunch of recurring questions that I ask to every guest um that have the chance to 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 meet through that through that initiative um the first one would be what resources would you recommend uh listeners to check out in order to know more about the field in which you are working so connected clothing yeah. and stretchable electronics yeah i mean on connected clothing stretchable electronics maybe i have less and maybe not directly interesting what i would uh, suggest as a good book to read is the the book breath from james nestor um, okay i'll put the link in the yeah that's well. that's a good one um, it tells us also why we have become very bad um, species at breathing compared to all the others uh, we as humans basically um, are breathing worse and worse over time yeah in the history of evolution um It, it it is attributed to different uh, reasons, but one of them is, uh, for example, the, the the fact we we are using more and more industrial food, which is softer, yeah. and because of that, we have uh, more narrow airways. Mm -hmm, uh, so mm -hmm. It has become all tighter because yeah. we chew less, uh, yeah. uh, essentially. Uh, so um, one one that's one reason. There are many other reasons, basically, but it also says why we are breathing worse and worse. Uh, basically, why there are so many problems of uh, sleep apnea, stress, uh, etc. Uh, that's that's a good one. Um, otherwise, um, yeah, I would suggest to also. Um, look into meditation uh, also those uh, more popular breastwork specialists uh, like uh, Wim Hof we, mm -hmm. we mentioned yeah. um, but also what is related to more buteco that's exactly the opposite so Wim Hof is like you breathe uh, a lot mm -hmm. it's hyperventilation mm -hmm. uh, a lot and fast and buteco is more uh, the, the opposite where you breathe very little Okay. Um, so mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. it's called also essential breathing. So buteco is not a uh, really good, uh, interesting technique uh, you can read about. Cool. Yeah, I'll put all the all the links in the description. Could you share with us an anecdote from your work which made you realize the impact that you were having on on patients' lives or in people's lives? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course. Um, I think 
one uh, with we didn't really talk about remote patient monitoring but that's actually one uh, good example um you know we monitored the electrocardiogram with this kind of shirts and we we had a lot of testers uh, mm-hmm. while developing this product in the last two years and um we could also see what kind of patterns uh, is actually uh, more expected or, or or kind of weird and different and should be should maybe be checked by a doctor yeah. And we detected, uh, we helped people to detect heart conditions, arrhythmia, mm-hmm. for example, arrhythmia, for about, uh, fibrillation. Uh, mm-hmm. five to 10 people around the, the company and, and testers. Yeah, yeah. And people are age. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. you would really uh, not uh, detect uh, th- this kind of things if you just go to the doctor, because what's happening is, uh, and this is where I expect also a big shift um, towards more personalized medicine and mm-hmm. why wearables have also a big power to to really leverage that. Um, but if you think of um, basically how a doctor makes a diagnostic, it's basically compared to the rest of the population, right? Yeah. It doesn't have prior information, especially looking at the electrocardiogram. He doesn't have uh, prior information about you, how... So yes, he's looking at the regularity of your uh, basically heartbeat pattern and mm-hmm. the way it looks, mm-hmm. But also you can uh, understand if your heart rate is higher or lower than the normal if you know yourself, right? If you, yeah, if yeah. you monitor yourself, but if you don't and if you just go to the doctor once in a while, you want to have uh, sort of your baseline, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, because he, the doctor doesn't know your baseline, he will or she will basically compare it to the rest of the population, uh, which is sort of the Gaussian distribution, let's say. And if you are uh, outside of this Gaussian distribution because you are much healthier, uh, even in the worst case where you have actually a, a disease, a heart condition, this will fall out of the scope yeah. of, the, of the distribution. And basically, he won't be able to, to say, well, you have actually a problem. Um, so that's why most diagnostics only come too late because you are just being compared to the rest of the population, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you are compared to yourself, to your own self, yeah. uh, then you will get much more information. Um, and with this sort of, of products, we also want to, uh, we, we, we always uh, say decentralize. Decentralize the knowledge from the doctors to yourself, basically. Yeah. The, the idea would be that you become your own expert over time, yeah. uh, possibly your own doctor. You, you understand what is happening, you can measure it, and you can prevent yourself from, from developing those illnesses related to the heart, to the lungs, and, and, and whatever uh, stress uh, issue can also develop over time. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, at every episode, I, I really get inspired by by the guests that I have the chance to receive, and um, and you are no exception to it. Um, there are certainly other figures that you look up to yourself, also involved in the field of medical technology. If you would recommend um, one or two of them as potential guests for the podcast, who would they be, and uh, why would you recommend them? Yeah, so I was thinking maybe of some guys in the US. I'm not sure if that's your target, but we were talking about Huberman. So I think yeah, Huberman is a uh, professor Huberman at Stanford. He yeah, exactly. He's, he's, he's uh, uh, one of the very active guys uh, in this area. Yeah, um, he's covering a bunch of topics, yeah. uh, really in all possible areas, and that's very interesting. Um, Maybe one that is more specialist in the area of uh, breathing is uh, Dan Brulé, who has also a yeah. very good understanding of 
uh, also uh, biomedical engineering, biomechanics, and and the effects, the benefits of of breathing to stay within the topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can also introduce you to him if if you're interested. Great. Well, thank you so much, Vincent. For thank your you, Matthew. It was really a pleasure to talk um, about it. There's still a couple of points I just remembered. So, how can we get in touch with you? Uh, LinkedIn per email. Yeah, LinkedIn. I'm I'm usually very responsive uh, on LinkedIn. Um, you can also write me directly at Martinez. This is my last name at yeah. nanoleg.com. So okay. Yeah. And before we wrap up, is there anything you wanted to add? <laughs> no, nothing to add. Thanks a lot for your time. Very interesting. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. All the notes are available in the episode description. Don't hesitate to share it with your relatives, friends or colleagues and subscribe to the podcast. Also, I would be really grateful if you could leave a positive evaluation on Apple Podcasts. It really helps Impulse move up in the rankings. Feel free also to reach out to me by email or through LinkedIn if you want to share your feedback, questions or suggest potential guests. Thanks and see you in the next one.